another episode of Fountain City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I'm joined by my friend Reese, aka the Reese Incarnate Bach Lesnar. And today we're going to talk about this week in Chiefs news. We got some fun stuff, we got some not so fun stuff, uh, and we got some wacky stuff. So we're really excited to talk about the Chiefs and really the NFL in general uh, because uh, it's no longer 99 days the NFL. It's like 88 days ish or something like that. Hmm. So we're going to be actually we're not going to be counting down, but a lot of great things are going to happen in the next 99 ish days. But before we talk about all that, Reese, how's it going? What have you been up to, my man? How's your week, dude? It's been a wild week and it's only going to get wilder in tonight's episode. So I'm just going to give you the cliff notes. Uh, my wonderful wife and I purchased a house in Kansas City, so we're officially Woo! homeowners. Reese is a homeowner and he's gonna do projects. So we're super excited about that. House needs some work, but it's like work we want to put into it to make it ours. Uh, the other wild part is I knew that Bowie was going to wake up like the minute that we started this podcast. So like oh, hang no. tight one second while I get him a chew toy. <laughs> Armando vamp. We should, I'm, I'm going to splice in some like elevator music here. Well, while Reese is going to, um, uh, feed his dog. I'm going to try to vamp and how about I do the social media blurb today? This is off the cuff. Reese is probably not going to see this until the until the editing floor. So here we go. If you like what you hear, if you love that Reese and Armando are giving you the best content in Kansas City Chiefs news, then please donate to us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash FCSM and there you can donate for only just a couple dollars which is equivalent to a cup of coffee you can donate to Patreon where we have exclusive content Reese and the rad Russian Alex Nikolenko have been doing their Fast and Furious series they have finished it right they're all the way up to Fast Zero Fast Fa- 10 Fast X baby Fast, Fast X as talk, so. so you have so much exclusive content on the tip of your fingers not only that but if we go even before that Fast and Furious we got episodes from back pre-COVID we got episodes from COVID we're talking Last Dance Michael Jordan and stuff with our boy Kyle Nag. So a lot of great content on there. If you like, if you like what you hear, please support us on there. It really helps the podcast um, and helps us with our future plans. If you can't do that, then then try to at least follow us on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on TikTok. Even I, I don't think that account's been deleted. So hell, give us a follow there too. You can find all of us there at Fountain City SM on all of those handles. And if you can't do that at least hit the subscribe button on all your podcasts we're talking spotify we're talking apple music we're talking stitcher all those platforms and what we actually haven't talked about in a while leave us leave us a comment on on apple music go on go on apple music tell us how we're doing the good the bad the ugly tell us anything and we're we're gonna read that on air if you go ahead and leave us a comment and leave us a rating so thank you again uh, Reese, I'm not going to tell you how I started that all. You're just going to have Jeez. to figure out at the cutting floor. How, how's, how's Bowie? 
So Bowie's fine. So here's the thing. Like I said, we got a house partially. So when I'm single dog parenting like this, I have a yard to throw the dog in. So he won't bug me while we're doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, he's like, he has a sixth sense. Once I start doing video calls, he's like, oh, this is my cue to chew everything. It's like, no, why do you, why do you do this? What in Pavlov's so name you, has you doing so this? So you can hear him visible. You can hear him chew in the other room. Oh, no, he, he's right. In, he's right in front of me. Like, oh, in the, he's in the, office, in the room. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I don't I was like, I, I was like, that's some fierce chewing, dude. If you can hear him gnawing on the couch in the living room. Dude, speaking of fierce, chewy things, uh, <laughs> we're talking about doing the beer review uh, on this podcast, correct? That That's right. We are going to do a beer review. So can I just introduce the beer I'm going to be reviewing in the podcast real quick because I'm, I'm uh, anxious? Uh, no, because I want you to introduce and then we'll do the beer review. I have one more thing to talk about before we do the beer review. What you got? What's going on? So I saw Reese and Noel uh, about a week ago, right? Already a week ago? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. one Jeez, week ago. Time, time is freaking flying. Um, or actually, it's kind of short because that does feel like forever ago. Um, so my uh, my wife Theo and I were driving through a town to go to Cincinnati, and of course we met up with Reese and Noel, and we went to Q thirty nine. Had a great time. Um, dude, that that barbecue. What did I have? I had the um, I had the burn end uh, sandwich, like the Southern Love or something like that. Southern hospitality. And I don't think I had the burnt ends at Q39 because I've only had the pulled pork. That's what everybody says. And maybe I've had brisket there as well. But those burnt ends are incredible, too. I mean, oh yeah, man, I miss Kansas City. And like, even though, you know, there's not a lot of great food up in northern Colorado. Actually, I would say Fort Collins has some great food, but I'm like just to the east of it. So in our like couple mile vicinity, there's not a lot of great stuff. And, yeah. you know, going to Q39, it's like being in heaven. But that's not the part of the story that I want to tell. Before Reese gets his drink, I want to pour my drink and i am going to pour what reese gave to me as a gift oh jeez! tonight i will be drinking the mean mule distilling heritage american agave spirit which is an aged one year in missouri white oak barrels oh baby reese you want to talk about this a little bit before before i open it yeah i'm, I'm gonna fill some people in here so for those of you who don't know american agave spirits is just the literal way of saying tequila when you can't call it tequila because tequila is like champagne where if it's not actually made in champagne region in france you can't call it champagne so or this bourbon is bourbon with whiskey exactly bourbon whiskey so this is this is american agave spirit from this awesome place called me and mule it's in the crossroads of kansas city they make award-winning American agave spirits, and this was, what was it, aged for like a year in Missouri white oak bo- uh, barrels, you said? Yep. Yeah, this mm-hmm. this stuff is phenomenal, and it drinks like a tequila, but it has a little bit of like a woody, smoky taste of a mezcal without having that like hard burn of a mezcal. So smells great yeah i'm like what what encapsulates armando theo and logan coming through town it's a bottle of mean meal tequila oh well reese you're the best i can't wait to have this first drink with you who gave me the drink and reese what are you going to drink with me as we do this beer review (laughs) so this one's been sitting in my fridge for a while but i've needed the right opportunity to open it so i've been going through my thing about you know, old school macros that are now like really big scale macros. You know, we've been doing the shoots, we've been doing Boulevard, we've been doing Line and Kugels, all those guys. Are you going to do like Blood Bud, Bud Light Dark or something? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking the craft breweries still, but one oh, I have okay, actually okay. never had any of their stuff on is Great Divide. Have you had Great Divide before? Oh, yeah. Wait, you're talking about the Denver one, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, Great Divide was one of the first breweries that i went to in colorado really 
cool place yeah it's like yeah it's like right downtown great vibes and in denver um they actually don't have a, a brewery up north so i think it was like this is the first time that i visited logan and then she took me down to denver and so yeah i have great memories of great divide well so here's my thing i have never had it before so i wanted to try it but not knowing if they were any good i decided to get a single can the only single can that bubbles had available that day was Hazy Hercules, which is a 9.5 ABV Imperial oh, IPA God. that comes in a 19.2 <laughs> Megatall Boy. I have never seen that in my life. I have never seen a Megatall Boy over like 6%. So this is going to be a journey, ladies and gentlemen. Hazy Hercules from Great Divide <laughs> Brewing Company. It's it's good that this podcast is going to be short because Reese is going to be like fumbling his words after minute 34. Oh my gosh, we barking at the moon, dude. They'll be like, yo, is it, there's someone <laughs> howling outside. Is it the neighbor's dog? No, it's the neighbor. What's going on here? Oh, while, while Reese pours that chunky uh, Hercules hazy, now for those of you that are following at home, we have several categories to rate our beers, and the ratings are from 0 to 10, 0 being the worst of the category, 10 being some of the best of the category, and the first category to review this beer is appearance. Reese, tell us the appearance of that hazy Hercules. So it's kind of funny because I wouldn't say this is the haziest beer I've ever seen. It's opaque, but you do see a lot of sediment floating in there. So it is kind of mm. hazy in that regard. The color of the beer is much lighter, sort of along the lines of like Space Camper or Hazy Little Thing, as opposed to something yeah. thicker like Juicy Bits or any of the Toppling Goliath hazy IPAs. Uh, it has a very foamy head. Uh, this was not that shaken. Yeah, look at that but, head. Jeez. Yes. And like, I mean, it foamed hard that's like four inches on that guy three four inches yeah dude a gentleman's gentleman's four inches of foam right there but it's very pillowy it looks kind of nice a lot of sediment in there though so i'm gonna say this is appearance wise like a 6.8 all right yeah yeah for those of you that don't know much about sediment like sediment is okay to have in the beer but like reese said it's just not it's not a pleasing look to have sediment in your beer. Um, that's typically an indicator that like things have separated in the beer. Uh, but again, it's not anything bad. You're not going to get sick from it. It's just, yeah, not pleasing, but great. Yeah, well, maybe not great, but we've done that category. Um, now it's aroma, Reese. Give that, give that baby a nice smell. And what do we got on that hazy? You know, it's actually not that potent of a smell on this beer. It's a lot of orange and some pineapple notes with a little bit of kind of like mildewy dankness to it. These, you know, sometimes you get with these triple hazy IPAs and all that. Hmm. A little bit of tropical fruit note, like maybe a touch of kiwi in there, but that's kind of all I'm reporting. Aroma wise, we'll just give it a flat seven. All right, flat seven on aroma. Now we have our favorite category, and I'm going to join in with Reese on this category and try this tequila. It's flavor. Reese, take a sip of that beer and let us know what the flavor on that beer is. All righty. Interesting. Okay, you first. Because I'm anxious to know that what you think of that. That, that tequila's got some like whiskey bite to it. I'm assuming that's the barrel. That's the but barrel, how man. 
How strange, because like with tequila, you of course get some of the burn, mm-hmm. but the smoky and like the oaky aftertaste is so unique to like a bourbon or a whiskey that it's like you're having a hybrid tequila whiskey, at least on the aftertaste. Great taste. I mean, this is very good. Just something I was not expecting. You glad you enjoy um, it. It ooh. makes a killer ranch water. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, how about how about a nine point five on flavor on that? If it, okay, if we got a Mondo's seal of Oof. approval, uh, Mean Mule is officially uh, rated stonk, stonk rated fresh. But being Mean Mule, if you're listening, you do not have to donate two dollars on Patreon, but we would love to get some more of your tequila, dude. I'd, I'll get you some of their silver, and the gold's pretty good too. But the silver, I think, is the best margarita tequila. Mm, yeah, I, I do love gold tequila, but I'm down for some silver tequila. And you know, we're just gonna keep calling it tequila. Anyone who didn't hear our spiel before, I know it's American agave spirits technically. <laughs> it's tequila for all intents and purposes. Watch this. Watch us get sued by like Oaxaca, Mexico tomorrow. <laughs> Found City Sports <laughs> Media, as led by our uh, attorney. Well, do you think Sam would do it, or do we got to get Jungle Law to do it? <laughs> I think Jungle Law would have to do this one. Jungle Law versus the uh, Federation of Oaxaca, Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, Hazy Herc. So it is a very tropical flavored beer. A little bit more flavor on there than I would think, but still less than I would expect from a 9.5 Imperial. You know, it's so interesting because the hot blend I'm seeing on my screen here says Amarillo, Mandarina Bavaria, Cascade, and Chinook. I'm a mm. big Chinook guy. I'm not getting a whole lot of Chinook on that. I got a little bit of kind of like mm. dank bitterness on the end, but I like my Chinook. That's an old school West Coasty hop. So I find it interesting. There's so many, uh, yeah, kind of old school West Coasty hops on there, but they're calling it a tropical leaning IPA, which it is. So that's, can you can you read the hop profile again for me? Yeah, it's a uh, Amarillo, Mandarina, Bavaria, Cascade, and Chinook. Huh. And that's, that's straight- Where does the where does the haze come from then? Are they just seeping the Bavarian, the Mandarina thing? Wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. I think, so this is from Great Divide's website. I think they have two different kinds. I see a, a, a mm. green can and a hazy orange can. My guess is that green can is the one that's got the Chinook in it. Or probably like oh, okay. more of the Chinook. Yeah, because I was going to say, what you're describing definitely doesn't sound like that profile. It I wonder. It does not. Here, I'm going I'm to send it to you. Uh, through the magic of technology. There you go. Uh, but no, it's, it's very pleasant to drink. There's actually a little bit of chest heat to it, which I don't know if that counts as mouthfeel or flavor, but I, I'm going to count it as flavor in this case. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's very good. It's not bad. Again, not blow me away. I'm going to keep this at probably like a seven point seven point three for flavor all right all right 7.3 not bad reese um then let's see what are we what are we doing we're still doing mouthfeel right uh yes mouthfeel mm-hmm. yeah let's do mouthfeel now reese so take another sip and let us know how that feels feels on the tongue is that light is it heavy crispy not crispy what do you got slightly on the heavier side a little more like drinking juice like a uh a, a, a sweet juice you know like a grape juice or something like that um, the heat is definitely the mouthfeel side of things. I know it's not a flavor. Uh, it's kind of nice. I do kind of like a hot beer sometimes, especially when it's like super hopped like this. Uh, 
yeah, I, I get a little bit of kind of that dry astringency in my mouth that you get from drinking something that's very hot bitter. But, you know, overall, this doesn't have a fully round flavor the way I like it to. So, same goes with the mouthfeel. So, I'm going to give a mouthfeel on this of, again, probably like a 7.0. 7.0. Okay. Still still good marks from Reese. Um, as you were doing that, I did look at the link you sent me. So it looks like the green one is just a West Coast IPA. Uh, and then the hazy version is the orange. So I'm assuming they do do all the like the Amarillo, the Bavaria, Cascade and Chinook. And maybe they put something else in like a Citra or Mosaic or something to to give it that hazy feature. Yeah, because um, it doesn't give us the whole hop profile on the website it says featuring a blend uh, of yeah. certain hops so i'm assuming that's what's happening but still not bad all right reese and then we have our final category then um stonks drinkability quotient um with everything in mind we got we got that we got that tall boy can of 9.5 hazy oh ipa we got the we got the hercules guy lifting the hops um how does this beer make you feel how badass is this beer how, what what is it doing for you you know i really want to like great divide so i'm gonna give him another chance uh i'm a little let down by this beer Mainly just because I see Great Divide advertised in so many places and so many, you know, beer popular cities that I think I was hoping for a little bit more out of a debut beer for me, especially a hazy IPA. I feel like there's kind of a, a watermark on hazies. They either are or they aren't. And this one is like barely it. So, yeah, I, I think it's solid. Not my favorite, but, you know, a, a triple hazy IPA like this at this ABV is difficult so i'm gonna give a stonks drinkability quotient of this to a uh, 6.9 overall all right that's not bad and yeah you're right i don't think i've ever seen a tall boy imperial or like a triple hazy before so uh reese is reese is doing the lord's work today gonna do that whole tall boy and if we get another patreon follower during this podcast reese is gonna have four of these tall boys on the pod live oh my gosh yeah once we get that sweet sweet patreon money coming in that'll be one of our uh, stretch goals so so we are going to transition in now back to talking about Kansas City Chiefs. So stay tuned. We got a lot of great content, even though, you know, we don't have a lot of like actual football news. We do have a lot of, you know, fun media news with the Kansas City Chiefs. So stay tuned. Actually breaking news today. So stay tuned. Hercules from Great Divide in Denver. Speaking about Denver, Reese, this is a pretty good transition because we got a Kansas City boy headed to Denver to drink some beer. Well, looks like we have something similar happening with the Kansas City Chiefs. We have breaking news on the podcast here, Found City Sports Media, on this Thursday, June 8th. Free agent pass rusher Frank Clark is signing with the Denver Broncos, a one-year deal worth $7 million, including $5.5 million guaranteed. Uh, what? So I don't have any hard feelings on Frank Clark signing with the Denver Broncos because I would guess they're the only team that offered him a contract in that area code. 
I don't think there were any teams offering him probably much more than what we did, which I guess is anywhere from 1.5 million to probably 4 million tops after incentives. He's been uh, unable to stay healthy for the last few years. He's been very sporadic in the regular season. Yes, we know playoff Frank is playoff Frank, but I think teams are aware of the value that they that he brings to them, and it just isn't that much. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna ride on the coattails of Chris Jones. Chris Jones like responded immediately and said, "All right, good job, my my brother, brother," is what he said, like. Okay, like they are good friends, but if like for example Reese, like Reese is one of my best friends. If Reese said he was going to F1 Sports or FC1 Sports yeah. tomorrow, I would be like tirading Reese. I would be I'd be saying like I can't believe that you left Reese. You're an asset to this podcast. You you're what makes this podcast. But Chris Jones just said Hey, good job, man. I'm glad I'm, I'm I'm glad you got your money. Yeah. Which is basically saying like Chris Jones is like, you know what? We're going to be fine without Frank Clark. And I think that's the sentiment of the Kansas City Chiefs and Kansas City Chiefs fans. Like, OK, of course, like we said, playoff Frank. Incredible. Is the Denver Broncos going to make the playoffs this year? Eh, probably not right we're gonna we're gonna bet on that so what they're gonna see is regular season frank clark am i scared of seeing regular season frank clark paired up with randy gregory next year no no i'm sorry i'm not especially with juan taylor and a, a healthy donovan smith um this i'm actually excited i'm i'm excited to see frank clark play him twice a year and to see if he can produce you know in a regular season game against the kansas city chiefs in arrowhead again like i think i think the fans are going to be really jazzed up but um i I think national media is going to make more of a story than us in kansas city are going to make of it because we know the value of frank clark and know what he did in kansas city was you know overall pretty subpar now of course playoffs phenomenal but if you take his body of work every single game and you average what we got from him i'm sorry wasn't a lot well the other thing we got to remember too why we can't be bitter about this is that the chiefs dumped him you know it was kind of an amicable dump but the chiefs dumped him to save a bunch of uh, cap space this year calorie why isn't it called calorie space cap salary calorie? I mean, we're also saving some calorie space. Actually, Frank Clark looked pretty thin this year. He, he, yeah, he looked very thin this year. Uh, but I mean, good on him. I think he has some sort of diverticulitis or IBM uh, something or not IBM. What is it? Uh, yeah. Irritable IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, you know, just because it, it always seemed to be flare ups with him, right? Like it was always stomach issues and there was yeah, like never true. a true diagnosis and you know, I'll, I'll be thankful for the memories that Frank Clark gave us, particularly in the playoffs. Uh, I think that I think he was probably a little more important in that first Super Bowl run than the second Super Bowl run. Uh, it's a bummer that he most likely won't reach that sack record now, but I think he's still second most all time. We said right with playoff sack. Yeah, I think he is second most all time. So I just have. Big, I don't have. I don't have the numbers in front of me. So I just have a big question for you then: If you had to put a grade on Frank Clark's tenure as a Kansas City Chief, what would you give it? That's that's tough because if we're talking playoff Frank, then we're talking an A, I think. Whole body of work. Whole body of work. I know, I know. I'm prefacing it. I'm prefacing it. So we're giving him an A for playoff Frank, and he gave he gave us some Super Bowl wing, 
not wings, sorry. Mm. He gave us some Super Bowl rings. Wait, didn't he give us some Super Bowl which, wings, though? Because when we beat the Bills, wasn't the bet like he'd send our mayor some... Uh, some... Oh, actually, you're right. Yeah, so sorry, I keep interrupting you. But... My, my, my English flub was actually meant to be. Dude. Uh, yeah, so, so we have to weigh playoff Frank more than regular season Frank, so that A becomes like an A+, plus maybe. Mm-hmm. But then regular season Frank, maybe a C+, plus. so ending up with a solid B overall for Frank Clark's tenure in Kansas City. You know, I, we see eye to eye here pretty much, except I'm going to go a little bit lower and factor in the fact of how much we were paying him versus his actual production. Not just production, but like availability during the regular season so i think i'm gonna give him a b minus overall as his tenure Mm. but it would have been like a c if it weren't for playoff rank and a couple rings i think if we don't get the second ring it's probably straight up a c plus but we have to remember a big reason why tyree kill's not here right now is in part to having that albatross of a contract on our books with frank clark now would we have been able to keep tyree kill long term Again, probably not. You know, we're playing getting yeah. a, a bunch of what ifs. But what I can tell you is, we've talked about it, is that twenty plus million a year he was on the books for was a not twenty plus million a year worth of production, playoffs included, and also b a huge weight on our salary cap. So I got to go b minus for Frank Clark. Thank you for your tenure. Thank you for your tenure and uh, just a shout out to Frank Clark. I mean, against the Cincinnati Bengals, this playoffs, like I forget he had two sacks or maybe even more than two sacks during that playoff game against Joe Burrow. Yeah. So like, I will say that, that I I remember doing the podcast that week and saying that, you know, Frank Clark, he's redeemed himself. This is going to be great. But then, I mean, against the Eagles, we didn't, we didn't see any Frank Clark. I don't think, I mean, I don't remember he making any noise against the Eagles. That was kind of upsetting, but I will say like his one defining moment happened to be last year and it really saved us in that, in that Bengals game. Um, so yeah, so, you know, hats off to Frank Clark for what he did for us, but you know, overall, I I don't think we're going to be seeing any ring of honors for Frank Clark or anything close to that, uh, which I don't think people are going to be talking about. But I'm sure, you know, a 6, 10 and 8, 10 might be chatting about that in the near future during the offseason, especially when they need news. I was going to say before this news had come out, you know, back when we had released him, there was a lot of talk around Kansas City. People being like, oh, he's in the ring of honor for sure. And I'm like, mm. you sure about that? Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, was he even a pro bowler during his tenure? Uh, I don't I don't think so. he was ever a pro bowler in his tenure. And like, not that a pro bowler is like in the ring of honor, you know, um, something that needs to be done but like if you can't even make a pro bowl and you're only showing up for two games out of the 17 games in a season like yeah sorry but that's that's definitely not going to cut it and not to downplay what he did again i'm not ungrateful for his tenure here right but yeah. i mean just the fact of the matter when you pay somebody in that position 20 plus million dollars a year you're paying him to take over games and dominate games the way that like a tj watt or an aaron donald does on the defensive line but ultimately, it's like, yes, he had some very clutch sacks. Like, he had, he had a few closing sacks, so to say. But you you pay a Carlos Dunlap or a Melvin Ingram, you know, that 5 to $7 million a year to get that yep. one clutch closing sack. And, and they don't right. take over games. So, yeah, that, yeah. That's, that, that's a really good point that, like, you know, those 
those career defining plays is not why you pay someone $20 million. That's just something that, you know, you could pay someone two to $3 million with like a Terrell Suggs, you know, later on in his career or something like that. No, I absolutely agree with you where we got, you know, a stud for two games, but not going to cut it for that contract. So, uh, but Hey, have fun in Denver, you know, can't wait to see you on the other side of the field. Um, I, I think this is a win for us too, because I think they're going to see a regular season, Frank Clark. And I don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be too scared of, uh, Frank Clark and Randy Gregory coming after him in Denver or in Kansas city. So, all right. Love it. Coolio. Let's talk about another Kansas city thing before we talk about, oh, actually, these are both kind of fun things to talk about. And then actually Reese, did you want to talk about, um, Arrowhead pride's uh, article they put up? Oh yeah, Arrowhead Pride just posted recently, uh, it was actually a repost of uh, ESPN.com put out a list of the most important cores, or just ranking the top cores in the NFL. Uh, coming in at number one, actually, a little surprising to me, was the Kansas City Chiefs, with our five players being Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney. I think it's a very strong core. I think it's kind of nice that Joe Tooney is finally starting to get some national attention for what he's doing, which has been incredibly important in locking down and shoring up that left tackle side. It's like, I know he's a guard, but he's playing like diet left tackle for us. Creed Humphrey also coming to his own. Now he, I can think it's, it's safe to say with uh, Kelsey's age that Creed is probably the best center in the NFL heading into the season. You have a guy with the skills of Jason Kelsey, but with the body of a left guard or a small left tackle. So it's great to see Creed get some recognition. Uh, second place was the court. ESPN loves Creed Humphreys, by the way. That's because Creed is good. Creed is yeah, great. Yeah. Uh, the second place core, and this is what's interesting to me. It's not who the team is. It's the players that were listed. So the roster core for the Cincinnati Bengals at number two is Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Trey Hendrickson, and Orlando Brown Jr. Everybody under the sun seems to love Orlando Brown Jr. more than the teams that have had Orlando Brown Jr. (laughs) on them. You ask Baltimore fans about OBJ, they're like, oh, dude, he's a lazy right tackle. He just wants to get paid like a left tackle. It's so obvious. And, And ESPN describes it as, what did they say? Uh, an exceptional one-two punch receiver, a high-end pass rusher, and a strong offensive tackle. Dude, Orlando Brown was not a strong offensive tackle. He was, I- I'm dead serious. He was above average in rushing, but he was a traffic cone in passing. He was not even league average at left tackle. So, And I'm also, tr- I'm uh, like, uh, how did they not put the Eagles number two? Like, the Eagles have, like, ten different people on offensive line that are better than Orlando Brown Jr. So... Eagles are number three, but what gets me with the Bengals is just the players they picked. Like, if you would have told me their core, I would have said probably Joe Burrow and then wide receiver one through three, so Chase, Higgins, and Boyd, and then Trey Hendrickson. Maybe even have thrown Joe Mixon in there, because I think Joe Mick. I don't think Trey Hendrickson is actually that good. So I, yeah, I don't know. It depends if I, well, I, Trey, I, I think Trey has good numbers. Like I think Trey is the sack leader a couple of years ago. And, um, but like, I don't see a lot of Trey Hendrickson when we play, uh, when we play the Bengals, it's uh, my gripe with this is that I can see ESPN's doing this because they got a good quarterback, good wide receivers, a good offensive line, and then a good defensive player where I feel like if that's the formula, there's so many different teams that have that formula, right? Mm-hmm. And even though 
the Bengals have the best receiving core that doesn't bump them to number two. Like, like T Higgins doesn't bump you to number two. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Eagles young core is far superior. Uh, But again, we all know what I think about Joe Burrow. Um, And now what I think about Jalen Hurts, I have much more respect for Jalen Hurts than I ever did after the Super Bowl. Um, It just, it seems like a no brainer to put the Eagles two. So maybe I'm just blind. Well, and then the Eagles core, they picked Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown, Lane Johnson, Mm -hmm. Hassan Reddick, and Darius Slay. Hmm. Wait, isn't it supposed to be young core? Darius is not young. Yeah, it's not necessarily a young core. The average age of these That's people. just who your core is. Yeah, just who the core is. So, like, I mean, the Chiefs. Yeah, but Darius Slay's not in their core. Right? Like, Darius Slay's not in the core. Uh, I don't know. I think Dallas Goddard maybe should be up there. Sure. You know? Sure. But, yeah, I love Dallas Goddard. Uh, the Chiefs were the only team in the top five cores not to have a wide receiver featured, which, again, I know we have Travis wow. Kelsey, but he's not a wide receiver, guys. Wide receivers yeah. play different and do different things, so I think it's very impressive. And also, like, you know, without without um, tooting Patrick Mahomes' horn too much, you know, all those, all those, like, analytic metrics that we've seen on Twitter – of Patrick Mahomes dominating the top defenses in the NFL, not only the top defenses, but the like the bottom defenses. He's just far superior than any other quarterback in the NFL. And for him to do that without any, you know, regular wide receivers, just he's already superior to everybody. But for him not to have a wide receiving core that is, you know, even above average it's it just makes Patrick Mahomes so spectacular and so genuine that at the end of his career, I really knock on wood, I really can't see anybody competing with him as the goat. I mean, it'd be like if if you put together like a guy who could rebound in, in basketball, like could rebound, could get steals, could block shots, could run the floor, could pass, but like he had no jump shot. You know, it's like that's how good not having a wide yeah. receiver is or even i mean this is controversial because travis kelsey but it's like it's like michael jordan without scotty pippen yeah like, like it's really just it's like michael jordan with like luke longley mm-hmm. and like Cartwright, but he's still dominating teams that have you know charles barkley dennis johnson dan marley and still yeah. like a conglomerate of all-stars where Patrick Mahomes is like Michael Jordan and just saying, I'm going to do this all by myself. I, I know, I know we got Kelsey, the greatest tight end to ever live, but we're talking a wide receiver core that, you know, Joe Burrow relies on Jalen hurts relies on. I'm even going to add Kirk cousins in here. Cause I know Sam's going to listen to this. Kirk cousin relies on Justin Herbert relies on, Right. These are Dak Prescott relies on all these great quarterbacks. Yes, I put Kirk Cousins in there. I didn't mean to. But all these great quarterbacks rely on their wide receivers. Patrick Mahomes relies on himself. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of teams that are relying on people, a sub headline here says Broncos Bulls Wilson critics to eat crow in 2023. Well, they certainly ain't in danger, witches. Am I right? <laughs> uh, Wait, why did you say Broncos Bulls? Uh, 
Broncos Bowls, B-O-L-E-S. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what is that? A, is that their new? They're trying to compare themselves to like a Bulls team? Come on. Oh, gosh. That'd be the worst thing ever. But that's all I wanted to share on that article. I just thought it was interesting. No, it's interesting. No, I, I, I do find it interesting that they put the Bengals number two. Like, of course, they have a good like solid team altogether but i just think that the eagles are far superior at this point i agree um great let's look at some other nfl news before we talk about something fun then um actually all of it's fun yeah. josh allen is on the cover of the next madden 2024 um he's the athlete cover reese what are your thoughts again i said this in the group chat i don't have a problem <laughs> with josh allen being on the cover of madden I have the problem with Josh Allen being on the cover of Madden after this past year, which was considered his worst year since like his first two years in the league. Yeah, I know he still threw touchdowns, but he also threw a bunch of interceptions. And people forget Josh Allen is actually the highest in the league in turnover ratio in games within 10 points. So he's not clutch. So especially and especially after it's not even like had they done this after the Chiefs Bills 13 second game. Or the, you remember Fine. that talk where he was like, oh, that was the best quarterback in the league last night. And it's like, no, it wasn't. But I get it. He has momentum for almost winning that game. Dude. And he had Gabe Davis wide open. But anyway. They got thoroughly stomped in the snow at home by the Bengals. Like, Josh Allen should be going for comeback player of the year this year. Not on the Madden cover. And people don't, people remember that, but they forget that also nail biter. Against the uh, the Jags before. No, it was uh, wasn't it the the Dolphins against. Uh, yeah, people forget nail biter against Skylar Thompson, and then lose obliterated at home, like you said, against the Bengals, and then Josh Allen becomes the cover athlete. I'll say this: Josh Allen was not good enough this last year to warrant being the cover athlete. Joe Burrow, I don't even think was good enough to warrant being the cover athlete. I think this was a year where you give it to a star position player, namely like Justin Jefferson, maybe Jamar Chase. Uh, man, who else could you have given it to? Jalen, I mean, J- J- Jalen Hurts was good during the year. He's almost MVP. Jalen Hurts could have done it. Yep, definitely, definitely. Someone on defense, maybe like TJ Watt or like Sauce Gardner, maybe. I don't yeah, know. Sauce Gardner would have been fun. Yeah. So I. Well. <sighs> Oh, go ahead, Reese. No, I'm just saying, I just don't think this was the year for Josh Allen. It's kind of in poor taste. So so we got some opera fans, but mainly we don't have any opera fans, so I'm going to explain my next bit here. Oh, gosh. Um, in, in opera sometimes, you got this, like, old man that walks in at the beginning of the opera, and he's been, you know, griped by the leading character. So he goes in Italian, he goes, Vendetta. And Vendetta means you're, you're, you're putting a curse on somebody mm-hmm. so reese today we are going to implement old old man armando's vendetta to josh allen old here i go i got my armando sorcerer's I, <laughs> I got my sorcerer's hat on i got my freaking like cane i'm walking in i got this long beard i'm looking at the cover of madden and i'm doing some ooga booga stuff right now on josh allen okay maybe not to injure himself although i will mention out of the 22 players that have been on the madden cover for the past 22 years 16 of them have suffered injuries during that year including 
several of them that have had season-ending injuries when they are on the the cover. Um, one of the most notably to kind of get out of the Madden curse is Patrick Mahomes, uh, who's who's actually he did get injured in the 2021-2022 season, um, but he was he he was able to kind of rough that one out and he did well. Um, so actually, Patrick Mahomes did not jo- dodge the Madden curse. He we did get injured um, during that year. Um, so again, don't don't want to cause injury to Josh Allen, but this curse is just the Bills are done, Reese. The Bills are done, and this Madden cover solidifies it. The curse is going to be that you know they are the new Baltimore Ravens, where Lamar Jackson was the darling of the NFL, and then what happened? Right, nothing happened. Of course, they had to pay him a lot of money this offseason, but no one talks about the Baltimore Ravens anymore, and no one's going to be talking about the Bills next year. Well, That's right. We have the old man Armando Vendetta curse. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting you bring that up about the bills and this being their last go at it because the Bills showed up on the espn list at number five for their core and if you don't mind me mentioning this really quick their core consists of josh allen stefan diggs von miller tredavious white and matt milano now here's why this is big they have the average core age of all these teams yeah the chiefs are you know 28 you know not a spring chicken the Bills core. Yeah, that's because of Kelsey. The I, the Kelsey for sure. But the Bills core on here, just a hair under thirty. They are the only Ooh. team that's anywhere near thirty. We're talking Steelers. Yeah, I mean, how 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 long is Von Miller going to be there? How long is some of their cornerstones of their defense going to be there? I mean, let's let's be real here. Yeah, dude, I'm going all the way down to the Tennessee Titans at 22 until I have somebody with another age 29 or higher average core age dude i think you might be on to some with the bills and and to kind of counter argument for the chiefs patrick mahomes that whole offensive line minus donovan smith who's only there for one year is very young right that's a very young team the wide receiving core again not on all-star core but some a, a core that they can keep together because they're young and they're not that great that means we don't have to pay a lot of money to these guys maybe Kadarius tony but it's not like we're going to be paying you know marquez valdez scantley 20 million dollars a year you know what i mean so like these are people that we can keep and like it's a it's a relatively young core and i think the bills core even though it looks like it's a year older far surpasses our core in years goodbye goodbye buffalo bills the Armando Madden curse has begun. Unless they get Dalvin Cook. How? Wait, uh, I'm uh, excuse my ignorance, but James Cook and Dalvin Cook are brothers. Yeah, dude, they have too many cooks would, in the kitchen. That would that would be kind of cool, honestly. That actually be kind of cool. Be like, That'd be kind of cool. But but again, this is like a testament to what we've been saying too. And like, I hope Buffalo Mike. I, I hope I'm, I'll snip this out. But like, told you so, Buffalo Mike. If you guys get Dalvin Cook, like that's how you run an offense, and that's how McDermott thinks that an offense should be run. You know, that's that's what the Bills organization thinks. Like, you can't hide from it. You can't you can't hide from that. This is a ground and pound league. Ground and pound league, baby. I'd rather have 3,000-yard rushers than one 3,000-yard passer. Let's go. And you would rather uh, have Travis Kelsey, even though he uh, caused a muck at the, at the White House. Reese, what, what, what are the details at, um, around this story? So, so Travis Kelsey, uh, from what I hear, is that they were going to have the team photo. Travis Kelsey gets on the mic. He's about to say something, and then Patrick Mahomes, like, 
like prevents him from getting arrested pretty much uh, uh, with the Secret Service. Dude, Patrick Mahomes saved Travis Kelsey from getting that 3,500-yard fade, if you know what I mean, dude. It was uh, <laughs> Kelsey went over and just went to that podium and started talking. It was I knew he wasn't actually going to talk, and like he was just doing that to get a rise out of Pat. It almost felt to me like he had made a bet to Pat earlier on, be like, hey, I bet you I can get on the podium and say something. Pat's like, ah, oh, no way, you can't. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh i was reading too like that that's the official like that's official biden's you know that's or that's the president's podium pretty much oh yeah so for him to try to like go on it it's like oops it's for Bowden, man it's for Bowden, but not for biden more like uh but no nice. I, I i it was nice to see the chiefs there we didn't get a chance to go in 2020 because of covid I think it's a nice tradition to see like major sports champions go to the White House. It feels very old school. It feels very American. You know, I just I, I think we showed up and it was fun and I'm glad our guys got a chance to do that. Yeah. Oh, actually, I, I did see. So apparently um, it actually is a violation for someone to um, to try to speak at the podium when the seal of the president is on the podium. That's actually like a code. It's, I just looked, it's 18 U.S. Code 713, use of the likeness of the Great Seal of the United States. It's like actually a law. So for Patrick Mahomes to like know that and to stop him from doing that is, is pretty, that's pretty dope. Dude, he didn't want Kelsey to have to pay the Patrick price, man. <laughs> Reese, any, anything else before we close up this podcast? No, it's uh, it was a fun podcast. I'm glad we got a chance to talk about a bunch of like pretty low stakes chief stuff this week. It's a nice change of pace, and I'm glad you like that uh, tequila, man. Oh, I I poured myself another shot. It's it's so smooth too. I mean, it's smooth, but you also get that oaky finish, which again you don't get on tequila. What a great hybrid! Love it. I, I know. I, th- I think it won gold medal at like the uh, the American Spirits competition for uh, and, that category. And you said they have other variations. So you said they have the gold to silver um, tequilas, but do they also do like non um, oak barrel aging tequila? So so they have the their gold. They have silver. They have that one you had, Missouri White Barrel, uh, sorry, Missouri White Oak Barrel Aged. I have a, it's a Missouri White Oak Barrel and something else barrel that was only aged for half a year as opposed to a whole year on that one. They do a poblano infused uh, version of the silver, I believe. And uh, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. I can tell you their Palomas and their cocktails at Mean Mule are just like elite. We're talking Hot take mondo elite level of ooh, elite. Yeah, dude. they did a watermelon well, spicy marg last year and knocked my socks oh, off. Oh, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Well, with all this advertising for Mean Meal, we're, we're definitely going to have to get a sponsorship at some point. Um, well, shout out to Mean Meal. Uh, all our Kansas City fans, make sure you go out to them. Uh, make sure you uh, go out to Bubbles, too, to get some uh, to get some single cans and keep liking our podcast. We really appreciate your support. Again, consider donating on Patreon, and if not, give us a like like on all the podcast um, platforms and leave us a review on on Apple podcast. We'll see you next week. We're going to talk some more chiefs and we might even go off the cuff and talk some things that aren't chiefs related uh, as we are in the dog days of summer. So, but it's still the same old recent Armando still goofing around, having a great time. So stay tuned and go chiefs. Go chiefs. 
We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at fountaincitysportsmedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media.